Thank you very much for listening to the podcast of the Hungarian Academy of Sciences, the subcommittee of the history of the Second World War and the Central European University. My name is Andrea Peto. I'm a professor at the Central European University in Vienna. Today's podcast is introducing a new innovative research project. When nationalism fails, a comparative study of Holocaust museums in ex-collaborationist countries based at the University College Dublin Center for War Studies. This interdisciplinary collaborative research project is led by Sinisa Malashevich and looks at Holocaust museums in Hungary, Ukraine, Slovakia, Croatia, Italy, and Poland. In the events of the Second World War, some ordinary and non-ordinary people and organizations in these countries collaborated involuntarily, reluctantly for self-defense or voluntarily for ideological reasons and on various forms of personal interests, with Nazi Germany in the genocide of Jews. The research focuses on whether and how collaborationism is represented in this country's Holocaust museums and exhibits. In addition, the study will also investigate Germany's memory culture and the ways it has or it has not dealt with the subjects of collaborationism. The underlying reason for this research lies in the recent appearance of nationalist populist parties, some of which are or have recently been in power in the countries under investigation. A solid and growing body of studies suggest that these developments gave new vitality to denialism, distortion, and historical revisionism also with regard to the Holocaust. In a scenario of unsettling proliferation of illiberal memory politics, the focus on Holocaust museums is also an opportunity for investigating how the memory of the Holocaust is twisted, instrumentalized and distorted for ideological reasons and political interests. The two-year project will be carried out by a team of researchers working in leading institutions such as Center for War Studies at the University of College Dublin, the Central European University in Vienna, and the Roman Central for Jewish Studies at the University of Roma, Torbergeta. The research team, Sinisa Malashevich, Robert Gerwart, Tommaso Calio, Claudio Hassan, Lorenzo Posocco, Mikal Megnani, Borbala Klochman, Valerio Angeletti, Katarzyna Taschinska, speak about their research. They are responding on the questions of what is the focus of their work? How did they being involved in this project when nationalism fails? What is the meaning of collaboration and how do they define it? And they are giving illustrative example of a museum where nationalism fails. Thank you very much for your interest and please follow the podcast library of the Central European University. Thanks again for your attention. My name is Sinisha Malaisiewicz and I'm a, a professor and chair of sociology at the University College Dublin. I'm also senior fellow at the CNA in, in, in Paris. My work really fits into kind of three uh, different areas. Uh, the study of war and violence, uh, 
ethnicity, nation states, nationalism and empires and sociological theory. But I see myself primarily as a comparative historical sociologist who is interested in the way how organized violence and nationalism shape uh, human life, everyday life, how our institutions are shaped by the legacies of previous conflicts and ongoing conflicts. Much of my work has been either theoretical or focused on Europe, perhaps more on, on the Balkans, but also Central and Eastern Europe in general. This project is uh, really important for my work uh, in, a, in a way because it affects nearly every aspect of what I'm interested in. What we see now is, is a kind of worldwide wave of revisionist interpretations of history, uh, which is linked with the rise of nationalism, but not people often focus on the kind of so-called new nationalism uh, without really understanding deeper roots of how nationalism as an ideology has been institutionalized for over the last 250 years. They often uh, intellectuals in particular are often surprised by nationalism, see it as something that was meant to disappear in the 19th century, while in fact it only was starting in the 19th century. So what I'm interested in and what this project can contribute to is to see how kind of nationalism is embedded in many institutions and in civil society in everyday life and, and how uh, kind of these revisionist interpretations of history that we see now work with what they have, you know, from uh, previous historical interpretations and misinterpretations of the past. Uh, so, so in a sense, we shouldn't be focusing only on the kind of short periods of time on kind of far right, but on the mainstream misinterpretation and revisionism of history. Collaboration can be defined conventionally or narrowly as, you know, kind of working with the forces of occupation, helping or kind of maintaining the crystalline regimes, which has happened throughout Europe during the Second World War, uh, also aiding and abetting the, the kind of the enemy forces in many different ways from politics, economy to culture. Uh, but what's really more interesting, I think, uh, sociologically is to operate with a wider uh, understanding, wider definition of what collaboration is. And so in that sense, this is a, is a phenomenon that affects uh, many segments of society where we see ordinary people tolerating violence against uh, minorities, which was the case obviously against Jews, but also sexual minorities, or in some instances, Slavic population or left-wing groups, which were against the occupation, occupational forces. So it is about ignoring the suffering of others, uh, participating in activities organized by the occupying regime, denying the acts of violence. So this is something obviously that has been taking place after the uh, war and you know, until the present day, uh, denying the whole, not obviously directly denying Holocaust, but denying responsibility. So I think collaboration is very much linked with that concept of denying responsibility. I think our focus on, on museums uh, has been particularly useful in, in understanding the transformations of nationalism in the way how nationalism becomes normalized and naturalized. Uh, museums in particular have always been sites of, you know, kind of around which nationalist narratives were built. I mean, ultimately, museums were created by nationalists themselves and for nationalist purposes. And what is interesting really is, is how different directions of nationalism influence uh, the institution of museum and directions of in which museums kind of contribute to revisionism. And it is interesting, for example, in the 19th century, it was the upper and middle classes who were behind these projects. Uh, well, now, uh, you know, this has become a much mass scale phenomenon. So this has as nationalism 
has shifted away from being a, a something to be associated with elites uh, into into the direction of, of a mass scale societies where everybody is literate and everybody is institutionalized in the nation centric understanding of the world in schools in mass media in civil society in public sphere. Um, so, so for us, it's really interesting how you know these nationalist narratives uh, are now in some parts of the world and particularly influenced by by strong versions of revisionism. And it, it is a kind of worldwide phenomenon. We see kind of sharp ideological struggles over, over the commemoration of the, the past of the Second World War, over the Holocaust. Uh, in the U.S., we could see, obviously, conflicts about monuments and museums between conservatives and liberals. But we see similar things happening in India, in Brazil, in China, in Russia, in Turkey. What we often see is a struggle between, between different uh, ideological interpretations of the past. And that's why it's important for us to study not just the right-wing and far-right nationalism, but nationalism which is centrist and left-wing as well, because many of them uh, generate revisionist interpretations of the past. So what we see now is also a new wave of invention of tradition, particularly in Eastern Europe, monuments to you know medieval monarchs in Serbia and Macedonia, the, the Skopje 2020, you know, is really an interesting phenomenon in Macedonia where they build, you know, hundreds of these monuments to, you know, trying to, to, to make a point of that Macedonia should be linked to ancient, you know, Macedonian Alexander the Great and uh, his father Philip and everything else. And also Holocaust is used often to deflect the local crimes, local responsibilities for mass murder in Croatia, you know, the way how Yasinovac is often uh, kind of minimized and in, in Bosnia, obviously, links between the Second World War and, and a war of the 1990s and so on. My name is Lorenzo Posocco. I'm a postdoctoral researcher at University College Dublin, uh, Center for, for War Studies. My research interests focus on nationalism, national studies, and... Um, I apply nationalism theories to various subjects, such as uh, cultural heritage, immigration, and climate change. When people think of nationalism, they often envision something violent and extreme, such as Hitler or Mussolini or fascism or Nazism. So while violent nationalism is indeed a manifestation of nationalism, it also exists in quieter forms, in calm forms, in our daily lives. For example, when we wave the national flag at sporting events or use expressions such as we and them, or our president, the motherland, the fatherland, the other immigrant, that's nationalism too, talking. This type of nationalism is often erroneously equated with patriotism. Indeed, nationalism can create, actually does create, numerous uh, issues, including uh, prioritizing the nation and avoiding criticism of it. It avoids criticizing past crimes of the nation, including the Holocaust. So problems are ignored and thus they remain unaddressed and unresolved. This study investigates the uh, negative impact of nationalism in its, in its many forms uh, on museums dedicated to the Holocaust. Given the significance of this subject, particularly uh, the potential for Holocaust memory to function 
as an antidote against similar tragedies fueled by nationalist, ethnic and religious animosity, I think it is essential. This project is uh, significant because it sheds lights on one of the structural problems of our nation-state world, which is our inability to transcend nationalism, and the problems that creates, for instance, when representing the natural past. It recognizes that a recent surge of nationalism worldwide and utilizes theories of nationalism to explore how national ideologies may impact Holocaust museums in the EU and beyond. Italy, for instance, uh, recently witnessed a new government led by Giorgio Meloni, the leader of Fratelli d'Italia, a party inspired by fascism. This study is particularly relevant because fascism, along with Nazism, is a national uh, ideology. And it's one of those ideologies that gave birth to the Holocaust. So Italy has done very little to admit the crimes of fascism at the political and social-cultural levels, including the museums. Our investigations are discovering that Italian museums have not done enough to raise awareness of the role played by Italians, particularly fascists in facilitating the Holocaust. Collaboration is a complex and debated issue. In fact, one should talk about different forms of collaborationism, now, this is a process, collaborating, through which both ordinary and non-ordinary individuals, one might say groups and uh, you know, also organizations, uh, such as states, uh, collaborated with Nazi Germany in the Holocaust. People might have done so involuntarily uh, for self-defense, for instance, or voluntarily for, uh, for ideological or reasons, anti-Semitism being one of them. Most of the museums I visited so far in those countries that collaborated Nazi Germany in the Holocaust showcase a narrative of victimization or heroism. They even display, some of them, even display national flags and uh, tell the stories of heroic nationals that saved the countries and, and the Jews. Now, um, the Liberation Museum in Rome is one of those museums, and although it's not a, an official Holocaust museum, it has a room on the Holocaust. When that museum is all about the Italian hero and the efforts towards the liberation, and there is not much, if at all, on the uh, you know collaboration of Italians with uh, with Nazis forces. So there is not much about fascism itself. In fact, a fascism is portrayed as an alien body rather than an Italian phenomenon. It's about liberating Italy from fascism, but fascism was an Italian phenomenon. So people we interviewed in the museum, so professionals of the museum, acknowledged that, you know, there was uh, politics in it and that politics uh, influenced the making of, of this museum in a number of ways, which is not possible to discuss here. Yet, we think uh, in this project, we think it's important to debate and discuss these issues, and we know it's challenging for museums, but it's necessary to make our nation-states less nationalist and acknowledge the uh, mistakes of the past. One cannot avoid such a past.
acknowledging past mistakes, especially terrible ones like the Holocaust, is crucial to creating a better future. When that doesn't happen, there is a possibility, as it happened in Italy, that when the fascism reemerges uh, even stronger, as Italy is experiencing uh, with the uh, current ruling government. Hi, I am Mikhail Bagnaggi. I'm specialized in conflict and post-conflict reconstruction in the Middle East. My research focuses on law, history, and politics from below in the MENA area and explore questions of power, transnational advocacy, and intersectional activism. I spent the last years working for various human rights organizations in Israel-Palestine. I'm currently a research fellow at the UCD Center for War Studies. I am very honored to be part of the research project When Nationalism Fails, a comparative study in ex-collaborationist country led by Sinesia Malesevic at University College Dublin Center for War Studies. Traces of the fascist regime are everywhere in Italy in the form of monuments, street names, and buildings. While the past is evidenced in Italian cities, its position in Italian culture is less obvious especially in the collective of amnesia, which envelopes some aspects of the fascist period. The survival of physical traces contrast with the absence of public memories. Nationalism is a grounded ideology. This means it pervades every level of our society. This is an aspect I was interested in when I applied to take part in the project to understand in which terms nationalism influenced our memory and how our present compares with its fascist past. I think that this research project will represent an important contribution not only in the academia but also within the civil society. The role of the Nazis informers and collaborators is still erased from the historical memory of Italians. In the events of World War II, some ordinary and non-ordinary people and organizations collaborated involuntarily, reluctantly for self-defense, or voluntarily for ideological reasons and or various forms of personal interest, with Nazi Germany and the genocide of Jews. Italy and Italians have not been exempt from collaborationism. Those responsible during the fascist regime were not prosecuted, either as collaborators of the Germans or as directly responsible for the arrests of Italian and foreign Jews. Historical lack of critical analysis, paving the ground for the proletarians of post-fascist historical accounts and their institutionalization as manifest in Italy's current political landscape. The Risiera di San Sabba in the city of Trieste, the only camp in Italy to have a crematorium, well represent an illustrative example of a museum where nationalism fails. The Risiera di San Sabba was a prison and extermination camp for political prisoners, partisan and Jews, as well as a labor and transit camp for deportees to Poland. Veriziera became a national monument only in 1965. The project was assigned to architect Romano Boico, and on April 24, 1975, Veriziera was assigned to the public. Of the original complex, only a fraction remained. Boyko removed the train tracks and erased some of the writings on the wall by the prisoners from the period between 1943 and 1945, which were the material manifestation in the form of cultural and symbolical elements of the crimes of fascism and Nazism in the area. 
The removal and erasure of these artifacts is to be interpreted as a form of national forgetting or an attempt to suppress or downplay the role of Italy or Italians in the Holocaust. Also, the museum exhibition at the Risiera di San Sabba downplays the role of Italy or Italians in the Holocaust by removing those elements that might cause a shadow on them. My name is Borbara Klotschmann. I am a Hungarian Holocaust historian. Currently, I am a postdoctoral researcher at the University College Dublin in the project The Nationalism Fails, a comparative study of Holocaust museums funded by the Gerda Henkel Foundation. I have a PhD from the Department of History at the University of Szeged. Before that, I studied history at Central European University and history and ethnography at Erte University. My main interests are the microhistory of the Holocaust and the restitution and compensation of Holocaust survivors. I believe these are extremely important areas of research, first of all, because only through studying the lives of ordinary people can we understand the complexity of rules, behavioral patterns and circumstances during the Holocaust. On the other hand, studying restitution reveals not only the long-term consequences and full extent of anti-Jewish persecution, but also the immeasurable damages caused to individuals and the Jewish community. In the framework of the When Nationalism Fears project, I research Holocaust museums in Hungary, Slovakia and Ukraine. I find it interesting how political, social and academic interests intertwine in Holocaust museums and how their conflicts appear in the exhibition narratives. Being involved in the When Nationalism Fears project matters because we see an alarming rise of nationalist and extremist views in Central and Eastern Europe with political parties representing such views, and some of these parties even try to adjust public historical discourses accordingly. A crucial historical event whose public representation is heavily influenced by politics of memory is the Holocaust. There are governments which try to achieve uh, the na- that national history casts a favorable light on the country and its population, which leads to distortion or denial in the case of the Holocaust. While historical research shows the true extent of complicity and collaboration, nationalist political forces try to gloss this over and create new interpretations. Holocaust museums are the places where the public meets a representative narrative Therefore, the permanent exhibitions often bear the mark of political influence. In the framework of this project, we aim to show where and how these marks can be discovered, what they mean and what are the disadvantages of having a politically burdened exhibition. Collaboration is an extremely complex issue. Generally, it means that certain political parties, politicians, civil servants and social groups cooperated with the Nazis in the Holocaust. The forms, extent and circumstances of collaboration, however, are very diverse. A public government issuing anti-Jewish decrees can be called a collaborator, but a local civil servant implementing those decrees, setting up a ghetto or organizing the deportations, is also a collaborator. Often people were involved in such activities against their will. Often they collaborated out of greed, fear, opportunism or mere anti-Semitism. As I find, the term collaboration is actually a generic term and it is up to the researcher to analyze and classify the actions of the individuals, groups or parties she or he studies. In a museum, nationalism fails when the exhibition narrative includes the results of critical historical research and analysis instead of political agenda. 
This means discussing the role of the political leadership and how or why certain groups of society were involved in anti-Jewish persecution or atrocities. In the framework of this project, I visited a number of museums and in my experience, an example where both the complicity of politicians and the local Jewish population is included in the exhibition is the Holocaust Memorial Center in Budapest. It is a different question, though, whether this kind of narrative has an impact in society, which, again, depends partially on political will. Hi, everyone. My name is Valerian Angeletti, and I hold a PhD in Comparative Literature from the University of Trento, Italy. My research interests include the history of ideas, memory studies, and cultural heritage. I am currently a postdoctoral fellow working on the project When Nationalism Fails, a comparative study of Holocaust museums in ex-collaborationist countries, led by Sinisa Malesevich at University College Dublin, Center for World Studies. Last year, I published my first Italian book entitled L'Etat di Whitman e l'Esilio, l'America Inedia di Paolo Milano. I feel honored to participate in this innovative and compelling research project. As a Roman and as a person who has lived there for most of my life, I see the heritage issue as a perennial problem of our identity, as part of the community. Rome is so rich in fascist legacies that they are almost invisible, but their nationalist and violent messages remain active. Nationalism is a grounded ideology. This means it works silently in each of us because we are part of a community. It works even in the museums which are the stakeholders of our heritage. This is basically what I was interested in when I applied to take part in the project, to understand the extent to which nationalism influences our memory, and, why not, to try to contribute to the community by finding cultural and educational solutions. Another aspect of the research project that interests me is the role of countries collaborating with Nazi Germany in implementing the final solution, to see whether or not this unpleasant part of their past is present in their Holocaust museums. How a museum conveys its nation's role in the Holocaust says a lot about how patriotism, which according to Roger Brubaker is nationalism in calm, but not less dangerous forms, hijacks history. In this sense, my philological background helps me reflect on the museum's linguistic choices, both when interviewing its staff and reading the exhibition panels. We have noticed that when the subject of collaboration is raised, there is an increase in the use of euphemisms, comparisons with other historical events and atoms to deflect or downplay the negative event. These are the examples of a grand nationalism that fails. Downplaying a nation's mistakes risks reviving the forces that led to the immense tragedies that Holocaust museums represent. The museums I visited have many examples of this dynamic of failure. One could be the children's concentration camp in Sisak, Croatia, which is completely abandoned and invaded by neo-Nazi graffiti everywhere. Another, related to the memory of collaboration in Italy, is the plaque to the Holocaust victim in the village of San Donato. On this plaque, the author and survivor wrote that many Jews died there thanks to the Nazis and the collaboration of the fascists. The senior museum staff who interviewed took us to read the plaque to explain that this text is a historical forgery, as no local people had collaborated, 
and that it is time to stop defaming Italians for what happened in the past. Katarzyna Tatrzyńska, my pronouns are she, her. I did my PhD in literary studies. I am a researcher in Balkan, Slavic, Polish and Jewish studies. I am the author of the monograph on the Goli Otto concentration camp in Serbian literary and historical discourse. In my current projects, I focus on the contemporary culture in the context of memory in Eastern and Southern Europe. My research interests also include Holocaust studies, historiography, and literature and art created by Jewish women in the Balkans. Since 2022, I've been working as a researcher at University College Dublin in the project When Nationalism Fails, financed by Gerda Henkel Foundation. Why does being, being involved in this project right now matter? I live in Poland. Museums are the important tools for constructing the Polish collective memory of recent history. Of course, the events of World War II are an essential element of this collective memory as formulated at the state level. The Holocaust and Polish-Jewish relations are particularly important and sensitive topics, which is why the museums should be analyzed using cutting-edge academic tools. Poland doesn't have a separate individual museum dedicated specifically to the Holocaust, but it has many institutions dealing with the subject, such as memorial sites, historical museums, Jewish institutions, and galleries that host temporary exhibitions. In recent years, a variety of different museums have been established in Poland, whose names, circumstances of creation, and content are disputable and sometimes even controversial. Undoubtedly, there are many excellent, reliable academic studies devoted to this subject, but it is also not uncommon to see it instrumentalized and manipulated at the level of official policy. Museums are the area where consistent and systematic actions aimed at building a specific identity policy are particularly noticeable. The long history of museums' presence in the cultural space and their educational mission mean that they tend to be perceived as centers of objective knowledge. Museums' visitors may remain unaware of such manipulations and think that museums offer only objective information. What does collaboration mean to me? How I would define it? As a philologist, I always reach for the dictionary first and check the meaning of words. A Polish language dictionary defines collaboration as, first, cooperation with authorities that are not supported by the majority of society, especially with the authorities of the occupying forces. And second, before World War II, it simply meant cooperation. So in Polish, the word collaboration originally functioned as a neutral synonym for cooperation, which lasted until World War II and the Holocaust. The Holocaust is a complex phenomenon in which civilians also played an important role. In Poland, there is strong denial concerning the collaboration and participation of Polish civilians in the Holocaust. At the same time, the issue of the Holocaust keeps re-emerging, evoking strong emotions and defensive reactions. 
The establishment of the Ulma Family Museum of Poles Saving Jews in World War II in Markova in 2016, or the amendment of the Act on the Institute of National Remembrance of 2018, are good examples of this phenomenon. In my opinion, the most fruitful debate on this subject has been the academic discussion about the concept of bystander. Roma Syndyka, Tomasz Żukowski, Agnieszka Dałkszy and Karolina Koprowska, among others, set out, negotiate and specify the meaning, theoretical framework, application and limitation of this term. Their work has formed the basis of some of the most important reflections undertaken by Polish Holocaust researchers. At the same time, the issue of the civilian population's involvement in the Holocaust in Poland is still purely covered in museums' narratives and or tends to become politicized. Research on Polish-Jewish relations that takes into account the pre-war period and sources in various Jewish and non-Jewish languages has still not been uh, adequately represented in Polish public institutions. Now let's take a look at the example of a museum where nationalism fails. In my opinion, an interesting example, well, where historical policy and nationalism fail is the Ulma Family Museum of Paul Saving Jews in World War II in Markova. The museum's name itself is controversial, as is the very establishment of such an institution. It has been criticized by Holocaust researchers. In contemporary historical and sociological analysis, the history of the Ulma family is simplified and does not take into account a wide spectrum of aspects related to the people of this region. After visiting the museum, I concluded that what happened in Markova has been instrumentalized on both the right and left sides of the debate. It seems that this process cannot be stopped. It has to be said that the Ulma family in helping Jews during World War II did something exceptional and paid for it with their own lives. But helping Jews was not the standard, typical behavior of Poles. The museum's exhibition reproduced a false auto-stereotype of Poles. The Ulma family are put into the religious and national interpretative framework. They are referred to as the Samaritans from Markova, and the beatification by the Catholic Church will take place this year. The fact that the Ulna family's case was unique is lost among the attempts to impress the public with their heroism and prove that helping Jews was common among Poles. I think that the rhetoric of this museum and the current discourse in Poland leads us to reinforcing the misconception about people's attitudes during the war.